Friends, welcome back to Typically Hazardous. This is Hank Fortner, and I am bringing you part two of a series called Adventures in Christmas. Today is part two, Adventures in Christmas, Christmas Trees. If we don't hurry, we're going to miss all the good trees! I am excited to talk to you about Christmas trees because, again, like I've mentioned in part one, I love Christmas and Christmas is wonderful and it's exciting. If you don't love Christmas, don't worry. I have an episode coming where it'll talk about people who don't love holidays. But for Christmas trees, they're magical things. See, I have I, my grandfather was a horticulturist, I guess you might call him. He was a guy who planted trees, he was an arborist. He planted everything that could be planted, seeds that could be gathered, things that could be put into the ground and something fostered and grown. That was him. So as a kid, especially as a homeschooled kid, or I like to call it independent study, it sounds way cooler, uh, we would go over to my grandfather's house and he would talk me through photosynthesis and he would talk me through how seeds were grown and he would talk me through what happened. And he had this small pine forest that he was growing. And he would tell me every time we would take a walk around his five-acre property, he would tell me these are going to be Christmas trees. They were Colorado spruces. And he would teach me the names of every kind of tree there was, how to identify them based on their seeds and their leaves and how big they were and if, where they grew. And he would take these Colorado spruces. And I remember the day where we went out and we cut a Christmas tree. I remember thinking that he would be so sad or he would be so sorry that we had cut a Christmas tree, but he had a move. And I've actually never seen this before any other place. He would take a seven or eight foot Christmas tree and he would cut the top of it off. So he would cut it off at what would be, if it's six feet tall, if you're six feet tall, imagine cutting the top of the tree off at your waist. So you have a short tree, but there's still three feet or four feet of tree just with a buzz cut of sorts. And he would just leave it there. And every single year, that tree would then sort of recover and keep growing, and it would reform and reshape itself. Now, 20 years later, if you go back to that property, which my family has now sold to a foundation who restored the home because it was an old, old home, those trees are like the stubbiest, weirdest-looking trees because they, they've been buzz cut every year for sm these small Christmas trees my grandfather would make. But the smell of the trees... And the decorating of the trees was such an unbelievable thing. And the reason Christmas trees are important is because they are the singular symbol that seems to orbit the entire celebration. Santa, which we talked about in the last episode, is an important icon and figure. But what orbits the party, what is on the invitations, what orbits the home, the living room, Christmas morning, is this tree. Where do these trees come from? Why do they matter? Who picked these trees. Well, these trees descend from the really, really important festival that actually Christmas comes from. I said it before, I'll say it again. We gotta thank the Catholics. Those Catholics, they gave us all that we know of Christmas has been absolutely hijacked by the Roman pagans, by the Catholics. So the Roman pagans started this festival called Saturnalia. Saturnalia was a winter solstice festival where they would celebrate and give homage to the god Saturn, who's the god of agriculture and the god of commerce and the god of trade. And so they would just eat, drink, and be merry for a couple of reasons. Some of it was because it was the darkest time of year. 
So in ancient Rome, and even in Greece, because the Greeks had their own, it was called Cronia for a very similar reason. Crony, Cronus is their, was their god of agriculture and their god of trade. And this time and place in winter solstice was the darkest time of year. So imagine without any electricity, you have days where there's only seven hours of sunlight. So you have depression setting in. In that kind of darkness, you also have illness setting in with that kind of moisture and that kind of cold. So people are sick, people are depressed because it's dark. Additionally, you have all this food that has been stored and started to be stored from the harvest that is now beginning to go bad right around winter solstice before the planting begins. So the festival of Saturnalia, what was called the Roman Festival of Lights, was the festival where they would bring good cheer, celebration, and pretty much debauchery to the kingdom. They would just go crazy and go nuts. The icons or the symbols of this, you can find them all over ancient Europe, where you can find these symbols that people would paint. People just absolutely, it's like it's, they're actually statues of debauchery, like groups of people running naked and drinking and eating and holding women upside down. I mean, it's just crazy as you can imagine. Roman early centuries, them just going, yeah, we're going to let loose. I feel like Romans through the weirdest parties and the biggest things, they were crazy anyways, and then you give them Saturnalia. Now, the important thing about this is not just the winter solstice and not just the Saturnalia, it was also the symbolism of these green, evergreen Christmas trees. See, these evergreens were a symbol of the Saturn festival for a couple of reasons. Because they were evergreens, because even throughout the darkest, coldest, wettest times of year, even when people were depressed, even when it was dark all the time, these evergreens never died. They never dropped their leaves. They never turned brown. They stayed alive through the whole time. The reason they were a symbol in the festival of Saturnalia was because Saturn was not only the god of commerce and agriculture, he was also the god of time. He was also the god that we get our days of Saturday from because Saturday was originally Saturn's day, a day that celebrated all the commerce, but a day that celebrated time. See, this god of time, this Saturn god of time, he was more powerful than any other thing because time steals from us everything. Time takes everything from us. It steals moments from us. It steals beautiful things from us. It steals our lives from us. We are all running out of time. So the evergreen tree, the Christmas tree, was a picture in this festival of the fact that it never ends, but we do. That Saturn is in control of this powerful thing called time that never ends, but that we end. It was a picture of us being a part of something that was eternal, 
like time and we were temporary. Now they would put lights on it like crazy because it needed to be a festival of lights. They knew that the depressing thought of Saturn, of time moving, the depressing darkness and the fact that we needed to feast because this food is gonna go bad, they would go nuts and they would light, they would put flaming candles inside of these trees and because they were so wet and so cold and alive, because the tree was alive, it could resist the fire. That is the most incredible image to me that this forever could even resist the temporary issues of heat and fire, which is where the Roman Catholics arrived. And they said, okay, we have our St. Nicholas Festival in the beginning of December, and then the pagans are throwing this debaucherous festival called the Festival of Lights or Saturnalia. We need to bring Christmas to this. So when it became a Catholic state, when Rome became led by the Catholics, they stepped in and said, oh, Saturnalia, yeah, Festival of Lights, we're so excited about this. Hey, check it out, we're not going to the Temple of Saturn anymore. And hey, to the Greeks, when the Greeks were influenced by the Christian movement, they said, yeah, the Cronia Festival is no longer called the Cronia Festival or Saturnalia, it's gonna be called this thing called Christmas. And so, it was the Catholics who gave us what we now celebrate as Christmas, which is why we picked it in December, because there's almost no way that Jesus was born in December. It's possible, anything is possible, just like rainbows and unicorns and, and Jesus coming to the planet, but it, it's, not, it's not likely. He would either have been born in the spring or the fall because it would have been most likely that there would be a census taken in the spring or the fall. So it's, Jesus wasn't born in December. I hate to ruin anybody's day, but what's happening in December was this huge festival. Now, very smart for Caesar of Rome, who's now wearing a cross of Christ on his robe to not take away a festival that already had momentum, but to step in and say, oh, this festival you're celebrating now has extra meaning. It means it's a celebration of the coming of Christ. And by the way, we're also gonna celebrate this guy called Saint Nicholas. And thus we get the Christmas celebration and the Christmas tree became no longer a picture of Saturn's ability to carry time throughout eternity, but became a picture of the evergreen, the everlasting love of God. The meaning all shifted. So we gotta thank the Catholics and thank the Romans. But for me, we're not just shifting the thing and saying this used to be a debaucherous image of the fact that we should eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. Time is gonna keep going. But there's something for you and me that this Christmas tree teaches us. Something for you and me that this Christmas tree moves in us. See, for a Christmas tree to be what it can be for you and me, we'd have to look into the meaning of why the original Christmas trees those evergreens were connected to Saturn. See, for you and I, some things changed when the Catholics took over Christmas from the Roman pagans. But some things didn't change. That Christmas tree is still a symbol of the fact that time takes everything from us. And so, I was in Hawaii with my wife just a couple weeks ago, and we actually tried, we attempted to record a podcast there. So if we can piece together the sort of audio disaster of what it is, then I'll, 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 I'll post that one as soon as I can. But in Hawaii, 
when we go to dinner, I have this app on my phone that's called like the table question games or table cards. Because I love talking about things and I love going there, but what I love is interviewing my wife. It's exceptionally annoying for her. <laughs> she can't stand it. But I love asking these questions. I love, I love finding out things about her. Even though we've known each other for a decade, I love finding things out about her that I've never known or heard. And one of the questions I asked was, what was your best childhood memory? What was your best childhood memory? Then she turned the question on me to probably maybe to give herself some time to think or some time to reflect. And I kept catching myself thinking of my best childhood memories were all times when we were out of our routine. My favorite childhood memories are when I was on a beach in Naples, Florida with my family. When I was on a trip with my father in the deep backwoods of Georgia. When I was on a lake with my grandparents in central Michigan. When I was traveling with my mom or my dad, when time stopped. See, for me, all of my favorite memories as a child, the thing that solidified for me my happiest and most beautiful moments was when I was out of my routine. See, for me, what these evergreen trees, what these Christmas trees are a symbol of, is they're a symbol of the fact that time is going to keep moving no matter what. But what celebration does, what celebration does is it slows down time. We have a picture of this because the fact that we fill our homes with these evergreen Christmas trees that are dying in our living room, <laughs> the irony of taking an evergreen tree that is always green and then turning it brown in our living room for a celebration of time continuing to move is a perfect image of the fact that we can stop time. We're capable of slowing it down and celebrating. See, the Romans believed that an evergreen tree would keep away evil spirits and keep away ghosts. But in reality, I think they were just a little bit off. I think it's celebration that keeps away evil spirits. I think it's celebration that keeps the ghosts away. It's celebration as a family. It's a celebration of your work. It's a celebration because when you celebrate, you stop time. You slow the whole thing down. In Luke 15, the prodigal's father says, let us eat and celebrate for my son has returned. If the prodigal son had returned to his father and he had handed him a pitchfork and said, let's get back to work like nothing happened, the moment's gone. But the fact that he stopped time by celebrating, he had a chance to pause and say, okay, it was that celebration that his son would remember forever. It was in Ecclesiastes 3 that Solomon is writing his words of wisdom to his son saying, eat and drink and take pleasure in your toil for this is God's gift to us. Celebration is our gift and when we do it, we slow down time and we create the best memories that we are ever going to have. The best memories our children will have will be when we are out of our routine and we're in some place where we turned the clock off. The last thought I have about those Christmas trees is that it's so beautiful that the symbol is that there are gifts underneath them. 
I find that so perfect that this evergreen tree that represents the eternity of time and that time is just gonna keep moving with or without us, that time not only takes everything from us but time gives us gifts. Time places gifts at its feet and gives us moments where if we pause long enough we can open them and see how beautiful they can be. So for you and me, for this Christmas season, every time you see a Christmas tree, use it as a moment to teach your children that time keeps moving, that it's always going to happen, but we have to pause and see each other and create the discipline of turning the clocks off, of celebrating for our best memories are ahead of us for the moments when we say, I'm so excited to celebrate and turn the clock off. May your Christmas season be a season where you and I, we stop time and we create the best memories that our children 30 years later will say, this Christmas was the Christmas that I remember for the rest of my life. May we open the gifts that time brings us, the temporary gifts in those moments, and remember those moments we were walking in a yard with our grandfather, and he taught us the difference between a Colorado spruce and a Douglas fir, that he took the moment to just slow it down. May this Christmas season be a moment where you and your wife, you and your spouse, you and your husband, you and your children, you and your friends, slow it down. And together, we'll stick it to Saturn and say you can keep moving, but we're going to stop and celebrate.